0: Welcome to The Weekly. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. We love technology. I personally am a sucker for gadgets and apps and all sorts of other cool new devices. And I imagine I'm not alone in that. In fact, you probably have a smartphone, a little gadget in your pocket that you love as well. Now, Christians have always been in favor of technological advancement. It's part of our convictions around what it means to be made in God's image, that we were made to create, to invent things like the guitar, for instance, But all technology comes with a cost, because all technology changes us. Today, this episode, John Hyatt and I are going to begin discussing a book by author Tony Rankin, which he offers 12 ways in which our smartphone might actually be changing us. The author writes this, he says, is my smartphone a hostile enemy? Is it a cultural trinket? Is it a legitimate tool? Those are a few of the questions we examine in the pages ahead. Our phones have concentrated powerful technology into a little device that we control with our thumbs. And all of these realities are changing us. There's no debate on that. The bigger question remains, how are our smartphones changing us? And should we be concerned? So give part one of this conversation a listen and see what you think. And by the way, we totally recognize the irony that you're probably listening to this on a smartphone. Listen anyway. Thanks. John, how are you? Welcome. Hey. (laughs) We just tried to record an opening and I realized I had an audio setting issue. And so we're going to try to recreate the magic of that previous opening. Just know that John made a great joke and it was great. So sorry I ruined it, John. It's okay. I'm not very good at this uh, sound man producer role, so I apologize. What was the last thing that you did on your phone?
1: I just opened my phone and just kind of looked randomly at what apps I had downloaded and closed it.
0: Any discoveries? any, Any fun apps that you noticed?
1: I actually found three apps that I forgot that I had on my yeah. phone and thought I should use those sometimes. Pokemon? No, they're like, I don't even know what they are. It's probably why I should check what they do. So.
0: I think free, most frequently the thing I do is take a look at the time and then I just kind of scroll back and forth w- yeah. with no intention of doing anything. Um, I don't I don't even know what I'm doing. So, uh, that's a fitting segue to uh, our discussion around this book, um, 12 A's Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Renke. Um, so, this is part one of our summary and reflections on this book. We, we were joking earlier about how we read this book, and it like, simultaneously makes us want to uh, throw the book out the window and, and throw our phone onto concrete and just grind it into dust. <laughs> Uh, I was making the joke earlier that I heard that when Teddy Roosevelt read the book The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, which was a book that was kind of a almost like an expose on the conditions of meat producing back in the early 20th century, uh, according to legend, Teddy Roosevelt just threw the book out of the window and was done with it. So this book kind of elicits that sort of response. So... Um, 12 ways your phone is changing you. Now, one thing that I think is really helpful to point out is that a lot of the things that he points out in this book are, um, we could say, like, biblical wisdom issues, um, and, and it's theological and, and wise biblical reflection on what the phones are doing. This is not in the outline. I just thought about this a moment ago. Uh, what the phones are doing to, like, what our phones are doing to us and how we should think about them as Christians, and he's not, um, he, frequently he's not drawing really hard lines, uh, he's just saying, like, let's, like, if we kind of apply biblical wisdom to some of these things that we, we realize our phone is doing, maybe, maybe we should reconsider our habits. So he's not like, this isn't a book that's, like, intended to say that iPhones are sinful, social media is sinful. It's more just trying to tease out how these things might be having an effect that we're not realizing. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think that's really good. Cool. Um, so the first thing that he points out, the first way that our phone is changing us, is he says that we are addicted to distraction. What does he mean by that, John?
1: Yeah, well, he talks about how now we live in an era where pretty much all of our life is on our phone at one time. So we can check our email, we can look at the weather, we can uh, download music, we can um, update our alarms for the day. Pretty much everything that we do um, can just kind of walk around on our pocket with us. But with that, there's kind of always something for us to be doing, or so we feel. Um, And it's just very, very easy for us to do just things that... In the past, wouldn't have been as easy for us to distract ourselves with.
0: Yeah, and it's not just that like all of our life is on the phone. It's it's also that this thing is built to just constantly be grabbing your attention. So like at any given moment, you're you're thinking about something that's um, that your your phone aids you in, right? And and at any given moment, your phone could alert you concerning any number of different things. So I any moment I could receive a text from my wife about something dealing with home, or something dealing with vacation this summer, or something dealing with something totally unrelated to what I've been working on for the last 30 minutes, hour, whatever, where I could receive a text from a friend about a camping trip we're going on in March, again, totally unrelated to anything that I've got going on, and the, the phone is built to sort of jostle me out of whatever I'm paying attention to, and, and to grab my attention for the purpose of looking at it. Yeah. Right, so what's the problem with distraction, other than it just being a, um, other than just you know being less effective at work or less you know present at home or whatever, like what really is the problem with the fact that we can be so easily distracted by our phones?
1: Um, I think one of the problems um, that he pointed out was that um, not only does it allow us just to be um, less effective, but also allows us to just kind of maybe distract ourselves from things that are uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, he made a point that that it's really kind of similar to our it, it's um, kind of symptomatic of just our kind of fear of death in general. Our fear of just kind of fading into hmm. irrelevance and not knowing what um, everyone forgetting about us and us not being able to contribute to the world anymore. Um, and how it's really just kind of reinforcing that general fear of like, well, I'm missing something right now. Um, and it just makes us kind of anxious and just kind of constant, constantly worried that, that we're missing something big and while we're worrying about that, we're actually missing a, a thousand small things around us that, that the mm. Lord's probably putting in front of us to, to be attentive to.
0: Mm. That's, that's really good. I, there's a story a, a comedian tells about driving, um, driving down the road, and he's listening to a Bruce Springsteen song from, from high school, and it just makes him kind of nostalgic and really sad. And he said that he, he caught himself immediately grabbing his phone and pulling up Facebook. Because there was an uncomfortable feeling, and he felt compelled mm-hmm. to do something about that discomfort with his phone, mm-hmm. to distract himself from that yeah, discomfort. Yeah. And frequently, that's where, that's where God works, is in the discomfort. It's in those uncomfortable moments, and when we have space to reflect and, and even be bored and just consider things, that's when, that's when God works in us. So he says that, you know, number one, we're addicted to con- distraction. We, we, we can always escape the boring and the uncomfortable, which is frequently where God works um, the second way he says that our phone is changing us is that we ignore our flesh and blood. Well, what in the world does he mean by that?
1: Yeah, well, he he opens with a pretty specific example where he talks about just the um, rise in car crashes and, and deaths caused by people texting while driving. Um, and it's people who are, you know, obviously they're not paying attention to where their flesh and blood is at the moment. Um but they're paying attention to, you know, pixels on a screen. Um, And he kind of just says that that's really just kind of one example of the way that phones just kind of disembody us in some sense, or the technology allows us to kind of disembody us um, or disembody ourselves and put a lot of attention into things that aren't actually around us.
0: Yeah, I mean, he talks about, the texting while driving example, you know, he makes the point just how absurd it is that we would think that that would be okay, or, or, um, uh, just irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Like we're traveling in these death boxes, these metal <laughs> death boxes that travel yeah. sixty, you know, sixty miles an hour, alongside other death boxes, and like if you, you know, if you sneeze bad enough, it could go poorly. And yet, like we're, we're choosing I to distract ourselves. Stats quick, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Or, you know, sending a text message or just doodling on the phone. And I, I am guilty of this. And I, I am totally guilty of this. Um, and my wife gets on to me for this. And he, he actually makes a really strong point that this is a that, that is a neighbor love issue mm-hmm. because it's so dangerous. We are not exhibiting neighbor love if we if we text while driving, play on our phones while driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the phone helps us to ignore our flesh and blood by just kind of taking us out of the immediate, taking us out of our... Um, uh, I guess sort of encourages us beyond our bodily limits. Um, but why is this bad? Why, why is it bad that it ignores our flesh and blood other than you know the obvious example, texting while driving? How else is this unhelpful for us?
1: Yeah, I think, well, at least one way that I think about uh, that playing out is people um, can kind of become, people who hold certain positions are kind of uh, in certain places of authority or have a certain online presence, they kind of become less, Um, people Hmm. they kind of become almost just like memes for a movement or like you know they're just kind of become avatars yeah avatars for something that i either like or i don't like Hmm. um and that that just begins to bleed into um the guy i know from high school who posts political stuff on his facebook every day you know i begin to associate him more with just those like random posts and things um than the actual uh Afternoons we'd spend hanging out together on Fridays uh, in high school and stuff like that, and it just allows us to. You kind of just cut ourselves off from even seeing people as neighbors, but just seeing them as kind of ideas that we either like or dislike, um, mm. and uh, just kind of feeding that a uh, kind of negative emotional response toward others.
0: Yeah it it, it enables us to be outraged at one another mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in a unique way. Um, we 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 forget that. The, The person that we're talking to is exactly that—it's a person. Or, or or, you know, even if we're not interacting, just kind of you know reading and and groaning and rolling our eyes over you know what so and so said. You know, we just forget that this is a real person. This is a flesh and blood person. And and if we consider like what our interactions might look like if we were sitting across the table, it's probably going to look a little bit different. We're probably going to be you know less swift to form conclusions about them, and probably less swift to uh, um, assume the worst of them. Uh, one of the one scripture that he mentioned was Second John twelve, where um, John kind of kind of highlights as he's writing this letter that what he desires isn't just to be writing letters to this church family, but he actually desires to be with the family. And one of the points that Ranky made in this book was that you you see John wanting to, you know, kind of almost frustrated with the technology of the day, letter writing, and saying it would be much better if I could be with you in person. Um, and that's we forget that mm-hmm. you know we forget that there that a mediated uh relationship isn't really a relationship mm-hmm. um text messages and things as helpful as they can be aren't what we were built for ultimately we were, we were made for real life interaction you know mm-hmm. across the table side by side um, real life human interaction mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the third thing so the first thing he mentions is that it makes us it changes us and makes us addicted to distraction. I just got a, a text message, ding, and I, and I looked at it as I was saying this and lost my train of thought. Um, it makes us addicted to distraction. Uh, the second thing is that we ignore our flesh and blood. The third thing that he mentions is that we crave immediate approval. Now, what, what does he mean by it changing us and kind of making us crave immediate approval? What's he saying here?
1: Yeah, I think he's kind of talking about the way... Um I mean, so much of social media, especially, is built around likes um, and favorites and, and shares. And he actually shares just kind of this really kind of sad story about this girl who um, spent all this time building, a, kind of building a following on, I guess his was Instagram, like, yeah. promoting, like, her lifestyle and, and all this stuff. And she pretty much concluded, like, the more, like, applause I got, uh, just the more empty I felt. I just felt, I thought getting... Fame uh, would make me feel happy and I just felt worse by mm. the time I got to the places that
0: I wanted to get to. Um, and He mentioned two girls, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. The first one, uh, or the second one rather, ended up racking up like yeah, yeah. $30,000 worth of credit card debt because mm-hmm. she was buying expensive meals and um, never wanted to post, herself, uh, post a picture of herself in, in the same outfit. So mm-hmm. she was like, you Know rolling through multiple outfits in a day mm-hmm. um, and racked up a ton of debt just to be liked on Instagram, yeah. Um, and and I guess we hear that, and we it kind of seems like the those extreme examples we see how, um, well, extreme they are and maybe silly they seem. Um, but I think that if we really pause and consider, like there's probably something, yeah, yeah. in us that kind of, um, Instagram and Facebook likes and those kind of things appeal to the yeah. basis parts of us as well
1: yeah yeah yeah. he had a great line and there's something about like the the real you doesn't have a Valencia filter or something like that mm. Like just saying like there's there's always the temptation to present ourselves as a little bit better than, than we actually are on social media um, and how that can that just becomes consuming and doesn't become freeing
0: mm. Yeah, we, we, we craft a highlight reel, mm-hmm. and, and we can portray ourselves to the world on our terms. Um, and it's not just social media that mm-hmm. that, that, that's problematic with that, but text messages. Like, how many times have you gotten a text message, and you've started to write one thing, and then you delete it, and then you start to write something else, and then you delete it, and then you start to write something else, and you just kind of wait yep. until you can form that perfect response? Yeah. Um, and that's very different than like human interaction, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where you have to, uh, you can't start and stop and delete yeah. your response and you can't take back things. You, you, uh, it, you can't have the kind of mediated, controlled uh, image management mm-hmm. that kind of having our relationships mediated through a smartphone mm-hmm. allows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he also says that one of the dangers of, of this is that we can sequester ourselves into uh, communities that only affirm us so mm-hmm. we can we can um, we can find someone to agree with us on everything on the internet mm-hmm. like if if you are into like if you believe that the moon landing was fake and you like cream cheese and you pull for the Florida State Seminoles there's probably a reddit thread for people who <laughs> fit those three <laughs> categories right and like where you guys can go commiserate with how the world disagrees with you and and mm-hmm. and just kind of affirm one another um, and the internet has made it very Uh, easy for us to find communities of affirmation and and not be challenged, which is very different than real life Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, and I think cream cheese is just fine. You know, I'm not particularly fond of cream (laughs) cheese. On bagels, it's pretty good. But, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. I don't even understand where that reference came from. I'm not sure we can talk about it. We should edit that out. It's another podcast. Indeed. (laughs) Our favorite cheeses. (laughs) Hannah just looked in from the other room and gave me a disapproving glance. Either for the inclusion of cream cheese into the podcast or my mediocre mediocre review of cream cheese, I'm not sure which. So, I'm not allowed to say that on the podcast. Got some edits to make. All right. If only this was technology that we could mediate our presentation of ourselves. (laughs) And the other point that he made that I thought was really helpful is from Jesus' words in Matthew 6. Mm -hmm. But expand on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, he talks about how um, Jesus has really stark words about us carrying out activities for the sake of human approval. Um, Mm. Jesus pretty much says you can give alms to the poor, you can pray, and you can um, fast. Um, all you want, but if you're doing that to be praised by others, um, that is your award. Um, mm. There's no actual um, God glorifying um, benefit um, to doing those things. And he actually gives a really, really kind of kind of stinging, stinging example of that where he talks about you, you, you drive 20 hours into the jungle after a six hour flight. Um, you spend three days there helping helping this orphanage. Um, do all this, and then you come back home, and he says, "The moment you post a picture, that like, are you, are you doing that for for human praise? And if you are, um, is that is that what the reward you want mm. for for making those sacrifices?" Mm. Um, and he, and I mean, he acknowledges, like, "Yeah, I know this sounds really stark, but Jesus' words carry a lot of, a lot of bite there, um, mm. especially when it comes to, you know." How easy it is for us to be kind of uh, hypocritical individuals mm.
0: so. yeah that I mean when, when you p- think about that like it was that was all of that effort worth twenty four likes mm-hmm. right on Facebook yeah, yeah. that's good uh, the the last thing that that will hit today on this episode, um, the fourth way that our phone is changing us is he says that we are losing our literacy now what does he mean by this?
1: yeah, he uses a great illustration with um he likes to go to a mall, which I don't know. Why he likes to go to the mall, but he likes to go to the mall, but he doesn't like the kiosks in the mall um, because they don't really have anything like worthwhile um, to buy. And and he kind of says, and the people kind of know that. And so the only way that they get you to stop at the kiosk is kind of by distracting you, excuse catching me, excuse your attention, me, right, excuse right, me. right, 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 yeah. um, grabbing your attention and making you stop. And he says that's pretty much the way. He said, picture your smartphone like a mall. Um, and you have stores that you're going to, but you have tons of apps, tons of other distractions that are kind of like little mall kiosks mm. uh, that just grab at your attention um, and that you kind of end up stopping and spending a lot of attention to. And that kind of bleeds over into even um, reading, um, taking the time to develop a long, more complicated thought, and processing um, the thoughts of others that are in a more long form. Um, rather than just a kind of quick little glimpse at a photo or a, a quick headline.
0: Yeah, it makes the point that smartphones condition us to only ingest headlines and in little nuggets, as opposed to reading attentively and deeply pondering and Reflecting and making connections uh, he uses another example in that chapter or, or another analogy rather where he says that it's like we're being trained to jet ski hmm. over text and over uh, over writing instead of scuba diving and so we're, we're training ourselves with each uh, Every 4.8 minute glimpse at the phone and every kind of quick scroll through Twitter or whatever we're training ourselves uh, To loot to lose focus to not have the capacity to deep dive into long thinking and long attention. Um and he says the most tragic result of this is what?
1: He says it affects the way that we read our bibles. Um uh, hmm. he makes a point that that Christians have always been a people of the book, um that they're just kind of a naturally kind of bookish people that are devoted to a, you know, this covenant document that God's given us and we're we're told over and over again to to consider it, to 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 mull over it, to talk about with our family and our children and um, he doesn't say that that smartphones are, are evil, like we said at the beginning, but he does say our um, are, are uses of smartphones actually undermining the clear commands mm. that we have in Scripture um, to, to slowly meditate on God's Word and to, to consider it and, and digest it.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. We'll continue uh, in two more episodes. We'll have those up next week and the week after. We hope that you benefited from some of these reflections, and uh, we hope to talk with you next time. Thanks for listening.